Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the Wow, That's a Lot of Shit to Deal With edition. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how I start every day. You know, I'm like, I have to brush my teeth and mm. make coffee. This is a lot of shit to deal with. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so rolling out of bed. This yep. shit ton of shit. Yep. Uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the exhausted Marissa Riley. Yes, that's me. <laughs> I... What did I do? I ate some tacos and took a nap. It was so exhausting. <laughs> so much shit to deal with. Uh, in between E037, the worm with 500 butts and the woman who gave birth to nine babies at once. So. Oh my God. Okay, so today is uh, about oh, numbers. Yeah, um, and a lot, dealing with a lot of things going on. 500 yeah. butts? Yeah. I have so many follow-up questions, but I have a feeling you're going to answer them. Hopefully I'll answer all of your questions about all of the butts. If not, just throw them out. I'll see what I can do. Amazing. Okay. <laughs> um, and if you're listening for the first time, uh, Dr. Riley over here comes, that's in, me. <laughs> comes in cold. So uh, she discovers everything in real time, just like you. Just so. like you, I, I've never heard of this 500 butts thing before, but I'm pumped. It sounds like a Lizzo lyric, I'm not going to lie. And this woman who had nine babies, Yeah, I mean, there's some, sometimes like, I think I'm having a, a hard day. Um, I'm pretty sure she's had a harder one. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. We'll get into it. That's We will get into that's all a, of the complications. I'm, yeah. I mean, one baby is a really big deal. Let alone nine at nine. once. Nine. Yep. Yep. I, oh, God. I got to know everything. Okay. Tell me everything. Okay. Well, yes, like the title suggests, this in-betweeny is going to be wild. And I mean, not to brag, most of our episodes and in-betweenies are really out there. But this one, I think it really, truly encapsulates how fucking weird, you can't make this shit up interesting our world is. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, as a huge fan of butts, I never would have thought... <laughs> Of a worm having 500. Okay, I'll yeah. stop talking about the butts. Let's do it. No, let's, let's never stop talking about the butts. Uh, let's actually, let's first start with what inspired today's two topics. Let's begin with a shout out to one of our listeners, one of the flock, an extraordinary human being on Twitter, at Kissy4647. Welcome to the flock, Kissy4647. Right. <laughs> we love you. We love you. And huge thanks for reaching out to us with an NPR article on the latest news regarding the latest brood of cicadas emerging this year. Oh. That's right, Brood 10. The Brood 10 periodical cicadas emerging in 15 states across the East Coast and Midwest of the United States. Holy shit. Are we getting some in New York? We are. That's right. Oh, my That's God. Right. So... If you're familiar with the drill, after spending 17 years underground eating and chilling in the dark, which sounds amazing, they, <laughs> dig, they sign me up. <laughs> they dig their way out, shed their skins, and go on a fucking breeding frenzy until their death, like a month later. Okay. But, yeah. What? What's up? I, I was just gonna say it's a cicada orgy, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. Okay. Amazing. Continue. Exactly. Uh, but nature is gonna nature and throw some cicadas. A curveball. Oh. Now, Dr. Marissa, <laughs> I would love to show you one cicada that has emerged, but 
something is up with its butt. Okay. Okay, and with no context here, please tell us what you see in this photo. And all photos today will be shared on our social medias. Oh, yes, they will. It's right. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you're going to share this one because I don't really know what to say about it. It is, all right, it's a piece of a leaf, and upon it sits a cicada. It's got red eyes. It's got some legs. It's got a body. It's got clear wings, transparent mm -hmm. wings, which look amazing. Um, and then it's got this white thing yeah. where the butt, I assume, would be, which yeah. is the back of it. Mm -hmm. Like a white little puff. Yeah, a little basically. puff. What's white. going on there? It's a white puff. Well, its ass and genitals have fallen off thanks to a fungus. Great. <laughs> which has also turned their mind into a drug-fueled zombie. <gasps> and that's just the beginning. What? Yes. Wait. What? Yeah. Now, NPR journalist Karen Zamora did all the work for us to help us understand what's going on here. So I'm going to play the two-minute transcript of the article, A Fungus is Pushing Cicada Sex into Hyperdrive and Leaving Them Dismembered. Oh, so, uh, oh my God. That's uh, it's about two and a half minutes. So I'm going to play it. Try to, and everyone, just please try to wrap our heads around this. <laughs> so, I, I'm working on it now. Here we go. Brood 10 cicadas are slowly making their way above ground in many parts of the country. And as if those large brown bugs shedding their skins all over the place isn't creepy enough, some cicadas are taking it to a new level. This is stranger than fiction, you know, to have something that's, you know, being manipulated by a fungus to be hypersexual and to have prolonged stamina um, and just mate like crazy. That is Matt Casson, Associate Professor of Forest Pathology and Mycology at West Virginia University. Now that fungus he's talking about, it's called Mesospora, and it means cicadas lose more than just their skins. Here's what happens. Just before the cicadas rise from the ground, the spores of this fungus start to infect the bug. Once the cicada is above ground, it sheds its skin, becomes an adult, and its butt falls off. Oh my and god. a white plug of fungus starts to emerge. So it looks as if the backside of the cicada is being replaced either by chalk or by like one of those nubby middle school erasers that were all like known to, you know, to use back in the day. That white plug is full of spores. And as the infected cicadas fly around and try to mate, they are just spreading their spores from one partner to another. In that sense, it's, it's sexually transmissible. It's a failed mating attempt, of course, because there's no genitalia back there. That is not all. Some versions of the fungus contain the same chemical as psychedelic mushrooms. It's giving them kind of a sense of prolonged wakefulness. These cicadas are like, I'm drugged and ready to go. Ready to go and mate. Males that are infected will not only continue to try to mate with females, but they'll pretend to be females to get males to come to them so they can spread the fungus to even more individuals. Now, Kasson says a very small percentage of cicadas are infected with mesospora, and as far as he knows, the bugs, they have no idea what is happening. I don't imagine there's much pain. Um, maybe a desire to listen to the Grateful Dead or something like that, but nope. <laughs> so an alternative soundtrack there to keep in mind as you listen to the mating calls of cicadas outside your window this spring. Tell us, tell me,
Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Let's. I'm gonna quickly unpack that yep. in uh, Marissa, Doctor Marissa language. Let's do it. Okay, so um, they're infected with these spores. They shed their skin. Their butt falls off. It's replaced with a white nub that's full of spores. Yep. That is essentially an STD that they pass along to all of their future mates. Um, also, the fungus makes them high. Yep. You got it. Um, and. <laughs> A little gay. Yeah. What? <laughs> Where I need the seven-part Netflix series on this. Yeah. High quality. I want good actors uh, to play these cicadas. Yeah. You thinking like uh, animated or like in costume? Costume. Like, like Isabella Rossellini. Isabella <laughs> Rossellini. <laughs> yeah. I want the streep. Yeah. I want an Amy Adams. That's right. I can't remember any uh, male actors right now. Um <laughs> Oh, all female cast. That's fine. All female cast. I want a Julianne Moore. Oh yeah. I want her to be the main cicada. Okay. I want wings. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the butt situation. How we're gonna do that? <laughs> I will leave that to the costume designer. Costume designer and uh, CGI. And CGI. I'm positive they will come up with something beautiful. High go. budget. We're gonna do it. All right, Netflix. Call us. Talk to our people, and uh, we'll make this happen. Yeah, I know they're listening. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we know Julianne Moore is listening. Oh, yeah. for sure, That's for right. sure. <laughs> so clearly, this is a truly inspirational story, and it made me seek out another butt story. Oh, really? So, what do you say? Let's talk about a lot of butts, a lot of butts on one creature. Oh my God! Let's okay. Do it, all right? Okay. So to do this, we need to head back to the magical land of Australia. Fun. That's right. <laughs> now, in episode zero forty, we were in Queensland and New South Wales. Do you Great remember that? Great time. That's yeah. right. Uh, but today, we're chilling in the warm waters of Darwin Harbour in the Northern Territory. All right. All right. So once again, please imagine a map of Australia. I see it. Point to the north coast. Okay. Point to the middle of the north coast. Okay. And boom, there we are. That's Easy it. does it. Easy. Uh, and it was in these waters where M. Teresa Eguado, an evolutionary biologist at the University of Gottenham in Germany, hopefully I said that right, uh, she and her colleagues found a worm. But my friends, it is no ordinary worm. It's Ramicillus multicaudata. Oh, mm-hmm. nailed it, by the way. <laughs> I saw it. This was a particularly complicated couple of words to say, and Jill... It, it, it took me like two days to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you practicing in the other now. room. <laughs> yeah, you, you can hear me mumbling to myself. Yeah. Remy Silas, Remy Silas, Remy Silas. So it's a goddamn mouthful. So we're just going to call it Rami for short. Love How's it. that sound? It's so, so cute. Dr. Marissa, again, with no context and really out of nowhere, I'd like to show you Rami. I'm pumped. Uh, a very, very small section of it. And then we're going to pan back to do a big reveal. So, would you okay. be so kind to tell us what you see as if you were the first person to discover this one-of-a-kind creature? I would love to. All right, here's the first photo. Okay, um, hi, I'm the first person to <laughs> discover this. Um, as, uh, as all of you can see on your Instagrams, um, it's a... <laughs> it has a head. Yeah. Um, okay. In the, in it, the lower left corner, there's a little head with a pair of eyes. Yeah. And um, it, uh, it looks sort of like a worm uh, millipede mm-hmm. situation. It's got this long body with lots of little legs, except instead of being one long sort of tube-like um, yeah. body, mm-hmm. 
it kind of branches at yeah. one point. It, um, it branches into two. And then each of those little branches branches into others. When you're first looking at it, it really looks like um, like a twig or something or like a, uh, some sort of sharpy, like pointy vine situation with lots of uh, points yeah, on it. It looks like um, a part of the cactus almost. Cactus. That's what I was yeah. thinking. A succulent. Um, and uh, at one point before it branches, it's got this yellow... Um, sort of tube situation, and I'm positive uh, I will be able to tell you what that is later. <laughs> so that is a very, very, very close-up of uh, its little head and the part of its many bodies. We'll get into it, but I'm going to pan back now and show you just how large, just a section of how large this thing is. Okay, okay, okay. yes. Oh my god. Um... Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I know. I know. I don't even know how to start. Okay, no. so imagine imagine what I just described was one corner piece of a thousand piece puzzle. Yeah. That's a good that's a good description. And um so basically I'm not sure where the start is. I'm not sure where the head is. Yep. But it branches out in so many ways that it fills uh, this entire photo with just tons of twists and turns and uh, sort of vine-like. Yeah. Almost like how you would see like vines on a gorgeous castle wall. Yeah. Specifically a castle. Um, I don't know why, but it's just <laughs> tons. You're, cla- you're classy. Because I'm, I'm fancy like that. And uh, yeah, it just, it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. And uh, amidst all of its sort of limbs, um, there are these kind of uh, pinkish puffs and uh, peach-colored puffs and blood-orange-colored puffs. I had a San Pellegrino yesterday, not to brag. <laughs> um, and it sort of looks like cotton candy. So Yeah. Yeah, that's actually... Keep that in mind. So all of this is one creature. That's insane. Yeah. And it calls the inside of marine sponges home. So oh. I, I think we all have a general idea what a, a sea sponge looks like. It's yeah. kind of like a big old puff with a lot of holes and tunnels running throughout it. It's kind of like a labyrinth on the inside, right? Yeah. So what it, it seems that this worm, what it likes to do is burrow its one head, its single head, okay. with a single pair of eyes and a single mouth, at the base of the sponge, and then using the sponge's tunnels as a guide or a mold, if you will, it grows outward. Wow. Yeah, throughout <gasps> the sponge. So those branches you saw jutting out at seemingly random points... That was the worm replicating its body over and over again, filling the sponge into the shape of the sponge. So my question is, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard, but it can never leave the sponge. Exactly. So it just lives... It lives in that sponge. It is one with the sponge. It is one with the sponge. Wow. So every time Rami forks off, all of the internal organs divide, the guts, the nerves. Imagine instead of an arm coming out of your shoulder... It's an entire torso. Wow. <laughs> and each branch ends with, you guessed it, an anus. Oh, my God. Um, so that's right. Each branch has a butt. And in one specimen alone, that, that team of researchers, they counted 500 branches. And therefore, one mouth, 500 butts. Holy shit. That's right. And those little pieces, the, the pink pieces, that yeah. was part of the coral. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the sea sponge that was oh. holding on to. So that was, it was... They kind of pulled it out of there, and it was that's what it looked like, and it was hanging on to its home. 
basically. Oh, yeah, I know. I like that. So, uh, co-author, yeah, co-author of the research paper, uh, M. Teresa Aguado, noted that depending on the size of the sponge a rami worm could inhabit, there could be as many as a thousand branches, a thousand anuses, and still only one mouth. Dude, this is a lot of worm. <laughs> like, is. how how does it sustain itself? Does it just eat all day? That is fucking incredible. Great question. Uh, so this worm must be a voracious eater, right? Well, we have no idea. We have no idea what or how this thing eats to sustain such a massive form. Oh, my God. Dr. Marissa, if you would be so kind as to read from Jake Bueller's article at gizmodo.com as to why we don't know. Um, Nothing would make me happier. All right, quote, no food has ever been found inside the worm's intestines, just empty, uh, visceral real estate. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. It's particularly baffling in an animal so uh, ludicrously rich in anuses. (laughs) This is my favorite sentence, side note. Um, There's an awful lot of digestive infrastructure here to be building intestines to nowhere. Uh, Quote, we don't know how this animal keeps its huge body having only one minute mouth, says Teresa. It may use the organic matter, uh, organic material and water that goes inside the sponge canals due to the currents generated by the sponge. End quote. There you go. I guess that sort of helps. I, I guess that it's a great theory. I mean, it's possible that its many branches may be absorbing the nutrients from the water, which means, which explains why it would only have one mouth. Yeah. So. Huh. Okay. So that's one theory. And my friends, this only gets weirder because maybe, just maybe, those butts aren't really meant for pooping. What? That's right. What? En- enter genitals. Oh my God. Okay. That's right. Uh, quoting again from that Gizmodo article, because it was so beautifully written, I applaud the author for their word choice. Quote, <laughs> when Remy Silas decides it's time to procreate, its abundance of derrieres goes through a transformation. Oh. The branch ends basically convert into genitals, filling with eggs or sperm. These reproductive units, or stolons, grow eyes and their own brains. When mature, the stolons detach and swim away. Their freshly acquired, air quotes, head and eyes steering them to mate with stolons of the opposite sex. What started as a wriggling snarl of buttholes becomes a swarm of autonomous, sex-seeking torpedoes. End quote. I listened to that whole quote with my jaw on the floor. (laughs) I I mean, it's going to take me days to wrap my head around this. This is incredible yeah oh my god end of reaction that's the best i can do right now is incredible end of reaction yeah uh imagine your ass turning into a sack of eggs or sperm with eyeballs and then popping off because you're anchored to a sponge like you said and that's really the only way to make your species genetically diverse is to turn all your butts into sex torpedoes I'm going to need uh, Julianne Moore to star in this series as Please. well. Um, yeah, let's get the crew together. And <laughs> the 500 butt worm. I, uh, I I need to see this live. I, I need to I see mean, this in, in several parts. Automatic hit. You know, God. top 10 in America. There you go. Five stars. It, it, this is going to, this is going to be more popular than Marvel. <laughs> Oh, man, I said this was a wild in-betweeny. So that's our anus and genital portion of the show. Um, (laughs) 
after the break, we're going to continue with the theme of offspring, this time in humans. Holy shit. Stay tuned. Please do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everyone. Jill Chacha here from Well, That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it. I love it. And it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. And we're back. We are so back. We are so back. And we're given birth many, many, many times oh, over. Oh, dear. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's leave one continent for another. Uh, we're heading to Africa, specifically to the country of Mali. Sounds cool. Which means, uh, it's imagination time. Let's all imagine a map of Africa, shall we? Yep. Now, point to the northwest corner. You all know, right. that kind of roundish landmass that sticks out on the left side? I am familiar. Cool. Now, let's point to the center of it. Okay. And there, generally, is the landlocked nation of Mali. Amazing. So, this is a very interesting stat. In 2017, 67% of their population was under 25 years old. Holy shit. <laughs> And as of earlier this month, they just got a few more young residents. I know. But first, let's head on back to even earlier this year, when pregnant Halima Sisse, who happened to be 25 at the time, Oh my God. was getting an ultrasound. And the news she and her husband received was probably not expected at all. Seven. (gasps) Seven very tiny but healthy fetuses were counted. Oh my God, Halima. I know. (gasps) Halima! Uh, Now, it's not known if fertility treatments were used in this case, but nonetheless, even in the States, even in the United States, someone carrying a litter of seven would be big news. Absolutely. And it was huge news in Mali, a nation that is, if you give it a Google, undergoing intense, intense political strife. Mm. Um, Here are just some headlines from Al Jazeera. Uh, Quote, Prime Minister Mokhtar Owan resigns 
but is immediately reappointed to carry out a cabinet reshuffle. Oh, my God. A French journalist kidnapped in Mali uh, pleads for help in video. Holy shit. Three UN peacekeepers wounded in northern Mali attack. And... Four peacekeepers killed in northern Mali attack, says UN. And that last headline was back in April. So so it's it's a bit of a mess there. A lot is going on. Yeah. And we're not going to go into the very deep wounds and complicated geopolitical history of Mali. But to say the least, the nation needed something to rally behind. Mm. And Halima's pregnancy was the chance to uplift and unify a nation, basically. Oh, I'm I'm glad we're taking like a really optimistic yeah. um, view of this. Yeah. And I, I hope that means that she was able to receive better health care, you know, more mm. free stuff. More I free hope. stuff. I exactly. don't know. That's all I hear when people have babies is like, please give us diapers. Like, <laughs> just give us yeah. stuff. Yeah. Because you absolutely. I mean, I, I can't imagine how many one takes, let alone, well, at this at this point, they thought seven. So yeah. anyway, around the sixth month or 25 weeks, Halima's body was showing signs of complications and early labor pains. A uterus can do a hell of a lot, but asking it to carry seven fetuses at once is asking a little bit too much. Oof, so, yeah. With nearly every eye in West Africa on fragile Halima, the country's transitional leader actually ordered to evacuate our mother north oh. at the expense of the Mali government to a private clinic called... Ain Borgia in Casablanca, Morocco. Oh. So here, under the care of Professor Youssef Alawi and a team of 30 additional healthcare professionals, you know, they rolled the dice and they chose a high-risk, high-reward option. Oh, my God. Delaying labor an additional month in an attempt to get those kids as developed as possible. Wow, I have never heard of anything like this. Because yeah. I guess if they were born... On time, mm-hmm. they would just all be so small. There's yeah. only so much room in a person. Right, exactly. They are super small. So they're, like, trying to delay it as much as possible to get them stable, yeah. you know? Yeah. So five weeks later, Halima's uterus expanded to the point where it ruptured. Oh, my God. And it was clear this was as long as she could possibly carry them. Yeah. Dr. Marissa, would you like to read from NPR.org as to what happened next? Of course. With Sisei. Of course, of course. All right, quote, Sisei, am I saying that correctly? I think so. Sisei, 25, gave birth by cesarean section, and doctors were surprised to find two more babies than expected, the health ministry said. End quote. Yep. That's right. Oh, <laughs> so, my God. Expecting seven, but they got nine. Um, <gasps> nine babies were delivered all weighing between one and two pounds. Uh, Thankfully, Halima was stabilized and placed in intensive care. All nine survived the cesarean and were incubated. That puts a big smile on my face. I know. Oh, that is such good news. I know. And get this, her husband, uh, Ejuant Kader Arbi, I probably slaughtered that, I'm sorry, he remained in Mali with their daughter. Oh, they already had a daughter! (laughs) That's right. They already had a child, so they have a grand total of ten. Holy so. shit, Halima! What, what's your PayPal account? I'll send you. T- I'll send you some money right now. Uh, Dr. Marissa, would you be so kind as to tell us Dad's experience, as reported by the NPR article? Uh, Nanuplets, woman from Mali, gives birth to nine babies. Of course, of course. All right, quote, Arby told the network he's, and I quote, very happy that his wife and the nine babies are doing well. In the excitement over the births, he added. Everybody called me. Everybody called uh, the Malay, uh, Malayan, Malayan? I, yeah. 
Malayan Malayan authorities called expressing their joy. I thank them. Even the president called me. End quote. Yep. Oh, my God. I know. So if you're wondering if non-uplets have ever occurred before, they have. Uh, But years ago. And their brief history was a sad one. Um, According to The Guardian, quote, the first known case of non-uplets was in 1971 in Sydney but none survives. Um, Another set was born in 1999 in Malaysia, but none lived more than a few hours. Oh, that breaks my heart. I know. I mean, however, you know, technology and care has advanced a lot in over over 20 years. So it's very possible this outcome will be a different one and one for Guinness World Records. Oh, my Uh, God. The current world record for the number of live births at once is eight, set by Nadia Sulman of California back in 2009. I remember that. (laughs) So a Guinness World World Records representative told NPR, Halima may be uh, our new record holder, Um, and they're employing a consultant for the case. You know, it's complicated. Yeah. Anyway, meanwhile, back in Morocco... It looks as though mom and the nine are pulling through and they will remain under the clinic clinic's care, excuse me, for another two to three months. So it's looking good. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Happy belated Mother's Day to her and the trillions of cicadas whose reproductive parts have not fallen off. Holy shit. (laughs) I can't believe I'm going to say this. I forgot about the cicadas. (laughs) That's how intense this nine baby story was oh my god the whole time i was like i just want them to live and be happy and have all the diapers they need free diapers oh my god please huggies something is that is that the name of the company (laughs) i think so get on this sponsor these kids give them everything they need i'm i'm so happy they're healthy and okay and that would be incredible yeah and i'm so glad mom is okay i hope she's She's um, recovering well and in intensive care um, yeah, I, so far, really happy story. The happy ending. Yeah, So, fantastic. Uh, and thanks again to Kissy4647 for sending us that NPR article that just really inspired in between 037. So thank you. Thank you so much. If anyone else has something they want to share, uh, I'm not kidding. We're going to read it. We're, we love this stuff. We yep. are complete and total dorks when it comes to this. So, yep. so please reach out. Uh, you can DM us at Well That's Interesting Pod on Instagram or on Twitter at WTI underscore pod. Uh, and you can email us. Yeah. We at, love an email. Yeah. At Well That's Interesting Pod at gmail.com. And thanks to everyone just listening, listening with their friends, talking yeah. about it with their friends, and rating. That's a really big. Easy thing to do to help other people join the flock. Definitely. We want you to be in the flock. We want you to be one of one of a, a fellow business goose. Fellow business goose. Yeah. And please, above all, stay interesting. Please do.